We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for Blue Wire. Joining me tonight is my co-host, the man in charge of the beast that is NinersNation.com, KP Kyle Posey. Bro, how you doing, man? Rob, what up? Man, I'm good. It's, uh, today's the first day that we got to actually have football things. And it was, it was a little overwhelming. And not just for, like, the 49ers. There was a lot going on in the NFL, man. Uh, slow down. We just got started. Yeah. There, there is a lot. There is a lot happening. There is a lot happening. And I feel like all of a sudden I'm just, like, trying to scroll through my timeline to remember it all. But, I mean, in 49ers world, as if the start of training camp wasn't, you know, exciting enough, you got that last-minute training camp signed on the dotted line with Trey Lance, who – who officially signed his, you know, it's, it always, it's always funny. And I completely understand it. Cause in a way I'm right there with everybody, but how shit gets really tense when a draft pick hasn't signed their contract. And it's like, do people think he's not going to, right? Like it's not going to get worked out or something. <laughs> the language I'm sure is all there. Yeah. It's, but yeah. So Trey Lance did sign officially sign his contract today. Uh, four years, 34 million fully guaranteed. I think it was like 22 at signing. Um, but hey, like we mentioned last year, bro, I don't know where Trey Lance comes from and, and the kind of money his family did or didn't have. But like that dude just got paid $22 million like today. You know, it, it, if it was $22 million to sign, then the $22 million went in his bank account today. I mean, He'll have, I don't know. I don't know how the NFL handles taxes, but um, <laughs> it's. Uh, it, I mean, that's so fucking cool, dude. I love it, dude. I just love knowing that any that entire family's life just changed literally with the signature on a piece of paper. Just boom. Man, he played one game in 2019. <laughs> no man, I'm not gonna say he didn't work his ass off because he oh. probably did. Like he knew he wasn't playing football, so he had to substitute it with with every type of workout you could possibly imagine and including I'm sure he probably put together his own football games but um in a way it's more impressive that he didn't play that's what I like that's how I mean it and, and I know people wouldn't take it that way but the fact that he only played one game in 2019 and he's gonna get 22 million dollars by the time he left home from practice like that is everything right there right it's fucking cool man it's a cool story and obviously there's a lot of it that's yet to be written but I mean for him to go through what he did, the dude at one point in his life was told he shouldn't be a quarterback anymore. And that doesn't mean that his NFL quarterback is going to, your career is going to be a success. But at the same time, like the dude just got paid tens of millions of dollars to be a quarterback. And, and it's like, when you say that, it wasn't like that was ancient history. That was like four or five years ago right. when he was told that. Now he's in the NFL. Um, uh, yeah, just signed a fat contract and is going to be like, probably not right away, but he's going to be an NFL starting quarterback. That is awesome. 
Yeah, and I th- and I do think that's probably one of the first things we should jump into was, and and that was kind of what got the most uh, publicity, kind of right out the gate when John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan did their first their day before training camp press conference. It wasn't the day that training camp started; it was the day that players were showing up. And Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch went to, met with the media, and one of the first things that was asked of Kyle Shanahan was just the dynamic between Jimmy Garoppolo and. Trey Lance and essentially Kyle Shanahan's answer to that was very Kyle Shanahan. Not necessarily. I mean, he's telling the truth. He basically said that, you know, there is no competition. Jimmy's the starter. Trey's the backup. And at at this exact moment, that's what it is. He's not lying. He's being straight up, but basically as me and KP have already talked about, and we know you guys listening know it's not a competition right now. Jimmy Garoppolo is is the starter and Trey's the backup, but it's not a competition until it is. <laughs> Trey only has to make a certain number of plays that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't make or does things that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't do, which he does, before they're like, well... <laughs> <laughs> Off to a good start. <laughs> right. Um, it, so based on you know the clips and some, based on some of the beat writers that were at practice, Trey Lance completed a couple deep passes to... Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. <laughs> so as far as not being in competition, well, he's throwing to their two best receivers. So that has to stand for something. And just the fact that, you know, he's attempting these downfield throws. And Kyle Shanahan called it, which was interesting to me. He didn't call it a jump ball. He called them opportunity balls, which I've never really heard of. But you just want to give your guy an opportunity if it's 50-50. So I really like that phrase from Shanahan. But uh, you have to think that, you know, he admires just the trait that he's willing to go down the field. And that – that that uh. That's before we get into any of the, obviously, mobility part and even arm strength and physical traits. But just the fact he's willing to make those throws, that has to go a long way. Yeah, and that's – I'm not really lending any credibility necessarily to what Kyle Shanahan said. Um, but he's already started to talk kind of about – and even other players have mentioned it, which gives it a little more uh, credence. Just kind of how different Jimmy Garoppolo is or seems this year, um, which – if that does kind of end up playing out or, or ends up being something that's mentioned more frequently and becomes something that, I don't know, we should accept. One of the things I always thought when, when people were talking about the, the different paths that this could, or different ways that this could play out, I, I always thought that there's a way where this plays out where Jimmy Garoppolo plays his best football this year. And he, it doesn't matter that he knows that he's going to get replaced. It matters that, he knows he's auditioning for another team, and he knows that if he wants to stay out there on the field and make the amount of money that he's slated to make and not end up going to another team and taking some other contract is to just ball out. You know, there's everybody wins if Jimmy Garoppolo plays really well. And so it it wouldn't be surprising to me if the uh, the talking point that this is a different Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe making different types of plays, making different types of throws, that he hasn't normally made because somebody's breathing down his neck now. When's the last time the dude had to like compete for his job or wasn't considered the obvious starter, you know? So, um, so think, think about what made him, you know, like a dynamic quarterback in 2017. That was his legs, ironically enough. And you saw in some of the clips today, you actually tweeted one where he's rolling out, he's rolling to his left as a right-handed quarterback, makes a throw across his body. So gets his shoulders around and is comfortable enough to make a throw to Ayuk who is going in the opposite direction of him. That is very impressive. And there was another throw that Kyle Juszczyk uh, mentioned where it was another bootleg where Jimmy's getting out on the run and making throws. When he's not stationary, when he can make those throws on the move, that's when Jimmy is at his best. And even when the pocket breaks down, and he's not going to run for 20 yards or whatever, but um, just to be able to stay ahead of the chains, five and six yards, I think having mobility and being healthy is going to make Jimmy Garoppolo go a long way this season. So. Uh, that was good to see early on. And, yeah, I really hope he stays healthy. Um, just even some of the still picks that were out there where you see him planning on his ankle and, you know, he has the flexibility. He's not hampered by that at all. That is very promising for the team. Well, and it, and it also I think it was said by Trent Williams and Jimmy Garoppolo kind of reaffirmed it today. But I think Trent Williams said something to the effect of, like, Jimmy Garoppolo's an- ankle was, like, less than an inch. I'm not necessarily sure what he's referring to. Uh, as far as whether it's bone or muscle, but said it was like less than an inch from just being like snapped straight in half. 
And what I don't know necessarily know what that means in the grand scheme of a high ankle sprain, because I know they have always said that that high ankle sprains are still fractures. They just it's just the way they term it, you know, because everybody, when they hear the word sprain, they just automatically think that, you know, a muscle is is irritated almost. But apparently a high ankle sprain still has a little bit to do with fractures or tears. And the Trent Williams said something to the effect that it was like less than an inch of some just being torn straight in half or broken straight in half. Again, I'd have to get some clarity on what he meant by that. But somebody mentioned that to Jimmy Garoppolo in his press conference. And he was like, yeah, it was pretty bad. You know, and it was just like, I get it. Players play through horrific injuries all the time. But I mean, we had Crocker on here talking about his high ankle sprain was like the most painful thing he's ever felt in his life. And he felt like his ankle was broken. So maybe what we saw from last year, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo was affected by his ankle more than we thought he was. Maybe we were giving him a bit too much flack for how bad it actually was. I don't know. But at the same time, like you're talking about, if he's healthy, if he's good to go, then maybe Trey Lance never catches him. And we just see a Jimmy Garoppolo. that's like completely ready to roll, but history kind of is working against him, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, this is day one. They have helmets and shorts on. <laughs> right. So, um, and Kyle Shanahan said they, what he, I think Garoppolo threw the ball 10 times or 11 times and Lance threw the same. So even if, as we see these highlight clips, we can't, you know, overreact. And, well, that's going to happen no matter what, but um, right. we're going to have to pace ourselves here. Let's just say that. What I, what I really like speaking of Trent Williams, because they're going to get, every player is going to get questions from the media about, you know, how's your relationship with Trey Lance? How is this? How is that? And I don't think people understand that these guys are teammates, that these guys spend a lot of time together. And when that happens, when you're in meetings, like these guys spend probably, what, 10 or 8, 10 hours a day with each other. There's no awkwardness when you're with somebody for that amount of time every day. And what Trent Williams said was uh, when we saw Jimmy try to fight through that ankle injury, like that's what really earned him respect. So I don't, it's not as if, people are rooting against Jimmy and even some of like, like for me, example, I've said, I say plenty of negative things about Jimmy Garoppolo, but I do that again for Fred Warner, uh, George Kittle. Like if they don't play well, I'll talk about it. When they play well, I'll talk about it. Some of the clips that Jimmy had today, like they were highly impressive. So whenever that happens, we're like, this is a fluid situation. And uh, just going back to the teammate part, it's so easy to root for somebody when they do see you play through the injuries and whatnot. But the some of the questions I didn't have I didn't like just because it seems like we're too focused on pitting these two against each other when that's just not how competition works. Like they're gonna go back to the huddle and probably fist bump each other after one makes a good throw and the other vice versa. So uh, that's how this really works in my mind anyway. And I don't know why we're so hung up on you know uh, do you guys like each other? Like come like why are we talking about that? <laughs> yeah, I mean. Neither Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo, I'll rephrase that. They both seem like very likable people. Like Trey Lance seems like a super humble dude. And so does Jimmy Garoppolo. Like at what point during any of his time with the 49ers has Jimmy Garoppolo ever made it about him? Right. Like, Which is incredible, like, by the way. Like he's put, put in a horrible situation and he could have easily stomped his feet, been a baby, and he has done anything but that. Like he just having spoken to him, obviously through the media or whatever, like you can tell he's a dope human being that that is easy to root for in that sense. Right. So I, I mean, to your point, these two are going to, they're never, they're not going to be, they're not going to be button heads while they do the damn thing. It's just going to be about whatever they, what they put on the field, but um, moving along. Cause we don't, there's, uh, there's quite a few stuff that we could mention and we'll, uh, we'll have all summer long to talk about train lands versus Jimmy Garoppolo. You can right. bet your ass, but awesome to see. Nick Bosa, D. Ford, and Jalen Hurd. Now, they didn't take part in the team part of practice, but for the beginning part of practice, they were running around on the field like nothing like nothing was wrong. Nick Bosa had uh, a little, like, compression, little, not even a – I wouldn't even call it a brace. Like, it was just kind of like a compression sleeve over his left knee, and um, he seems good to go. Still looks like a freaking G.I. Joe action figure. Unreal, man. <laughs> yeah, he's a freak. I mean, it's it's so weird. Even Kyle it's Shanahan leaner. was like, Kyle Shanahan was like, I've never met anybody that takes care of themselves better than Nick Bosa, so I don't care. I'm not worried about him. Like, um, but I mean, I think the one thing we need to talk about, and I mentioned this in a tweet 
earlier and we've we've kind of mentioned it so it's not like we haven't spoken about it but like if Jalen Hurd stays healthy that's a big deal you know like 100% it, the biggest question mark is will he stay healthy and can he you know can he stay healthy and can he get on the field when in the regular season that's the biggest question mark but kind of saying like assuming that he does that's a big deal for the 49ers like he's like and Muhammad Sanu is a great guy to help him kind of ease into that spot because Muhammad Sanu can kind of be that bigger slot. But if whenever, whenever they want to get Jalen Hurd out there, he just, I mean, he basically has a role that he still has to earn that he could just step right in in the absolute, like, most ideal role that he could be in for what he does. Does that make sense? Yeah, he can do things that other people can't. So that's why. <laughs> and when you hear, like, Jimmy spoke about him, it was about a month ago, and even Kittle on Tuesday. Like, these guys know he's the real deal. Kittle said that he can pretty much do whatever he wants to on the field. Um, He's just bigger and faster and stronger than everybody. When you have that guy, and he has the running back mentality, so he's not soft. He's not a diva receiver. Um, And, I mean, we saw him make that highlight catch, the fade against Dallas in the preseason, which feels like five years ago. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty excited to see what Hurd does when they actually do let him go into the team period to see if he's making plays against the 49ers defense. Because if you can make plays against his defense, you can make plays against anybody. So, yeah, I, I think that wide receiver three is like waiting for her to take it. Right, it's right. not going to be easy, but he just has to show up and uh, do what he does. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just – I think the way I worded it in my tweet was kind of the best way I could word it in saying like this, the, the floor and the ceiling could not be further apart. Like the floor is – Great line. He gets hurt again. I, I just don't – I'm not even considering the idea that he doesn't make the roster because if he's healthy throughout training camp, he makes the roster unless some random curveball comes out of nowhere. Watch he's out healthy. for Austin Watkins. I know. I know. Or the, what's the, what was the dude's name that they just released? Oh, Andy Jones. Yes. Yeah, man. Andy Jones with the with the with just the name of all names right there. But, again, if, if Jalen Hurd makes the team, which the only thing that will keep him from doing that is health, you know, that's the floor is, is that he gets hurt again and, and they kind of have to move on or he goes to injured reserve. Whereas the ceiling is a genuine wide receiver three role with the the potential to just have like a serious impact in the offense. I'm saying if I wouldn't be hesitant to say like if Jalen Hurd's healthy and everything goes his way, which usually doesn't work that way. But let's just say everything goes his way. I could see him having just as big of an impact in the say offense it. as like a Debo Samuel. Say it. I was waiting for it. I'm glad you took it there because when you say ceiling, wide receiver three, um, sidebar, we are talking about Jalen Hurd being wide receiver two after the first day of practice when he did not take <laughs> Let's go. In team I'm, I'm, I'm grabbing everybody <laughs> and I'm just yanking them behind me. We're going to Jalen so Hurd. We're going to the train. We're getting on. Tickets are free. But why do we have to put a ceiling on him as a wide receiver? <laughs> did you see me? Did yes. you see me reply to that on the, the Niners Nation? Oh Twitter? yeah, that was great. That was amazing. You said like if you like all pro guaranteed, and I was yeah. like, why do we have to put a ceiling on? <laughs> Somebody said because well, this we're getting way off topic, but uh, welcome to striking gold. Um, one of the guys who I replied to too, he said uh, he put a tweet out saying, "Who would you rather have?" Prime Moss or Jalen Hurd? Like, <laughs> 70% of people put a herd, which is amazing. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I well, I mean, I hopefully those 70% of people were just they had a great sense of humor and they were here for the show. But it it, it really does, you know, hyperbole cast aside, he does have kind of like a huge role in front of him. If everything goes okay, we just are used to it not going okay for him. I mean, two years of season-ending injuries. You know, you got a, a back August, injury yeah. followed by a torn ACL on working on the air. And so it's, you know, you just don't know what you're going to – and this is coming from a guy who played his ass off in college. Like, he did not seem injury-prone. He When he was a running back, he was, like, one of the most physical running backs I've watched in a while. Like, he was just a mean dude. In the SEC, so, like at Tennessee too, by the way. Right, and we saw him do the same thing against for a brief little snapshot against the Cowboys when he caught that pass over the middle and just turned it up and just didn't even bother like making a move on that safety at the goal line. He just ran him over and scored a touchdown. So, um, big things could be could be big things for Jalen Hurd, and, and we'll have to see how that evolves throughout training camp because again, it, it comes with a huge asterisk. Like I'm talking about an asterisk so big it's like bigger than the text, but. You know, you have – we'll see. It's just – he has a big role if he can make it happen. It's just – it's there. It's waiting for him. It really is, man. And, and, again, just going back to the ceiling or being a potential wide receiver too, having a guy that size who can – like, he's not slow. He runs a four freaking five, which is fast. And, you know, when we get to draft season, people act like it's not. But I want to be very clear. <laughs> no, bro. Uh, six five guys who are over 220 pounds running a four or five, not normal. Those guys are not walking on the street with the rest of us. So with that in mind, <laughs> knowing he can jump too, yeah, man, the uh, the sky is certainly the limit. So it'll be it'll be fun to see him kind of, you know, just get involved in the offense. And, you know, they're going to slow roll him. But I, I want to see how they use him. If it's only going to be this slide, do you put him on the perimeter and you move Ayuk and Debo inside? But, I mean, the receivers, they were getting hyped all day. Debo caught a deep, a deep pass. Ayuk obviously was making uh, – What's his name from KMBR? Jake Hutchinson, uh, who you should follow, by the way. I love him. He yep. was making it sound like Brandon Ayuk was making circus catch after circus catch. Um, as as good as he played, as well as he played as a rookie, he, he was pretty raw. Like, he was kind of just out there doing receiver things. He wasn't very, you know, I wouldn't call him a technician. So, for him to take this next step in year two, that would be huge as well. And then um, Ayuk, Debo, they were gassing up Muhammad Sanu. So was Jimmy. So, I mean, it, it could be training camp and, you know, just the hype train in general. But knowing that you have this many weapons, knowing the offensive line is going to be better, knowing that Jimmy is healthy, you know, you have a rookie quarterback who is who we all think is a stud. Uh, this offense is going to be tough, man. Yeah, it's got a lot going for it. And, and what instantly pops into my mind when you say that is the little Madden speed ratings for Raheem came out today and he was, he was the fastest running back in the game, but they had him in as a 97, which is only two points from maxed out. And I just looked at, it, I was like, yeah, it's still not fast enough. Like, what does he need to do to get a 99? I know, man. I mean, he was the, he's the fastest player with the ball the last two years in the NFL, like including Mr. Tyreek Hill and well ahead of Tyreek Hill, at least last year, I think. And so it's like, man, what do you, what does this man have to do to just get in the, the 99 club, at least when it comes to speed? So, Speaking um, of running backs, Trey Sermon, a lot of reps with the ones on Wednesday. Um, Kyle Shanahan did say that was because they wanted to take it light on Raheem. But, yeah, I want to see if uh, if he's going to be the, the bell cow. If, if I mean, we all know Raheem's a starter, but uh, what happens at the running back position? He also said that every running back on the roster has a chance to make it. So that, that was pretty big as well. Yeah, I mean, if you take a look at that position as a whole, I mean, it's I do think that there's obvious candidates for like, you know, this person has a much stronger chance to make the roster than these other people. But at the same time, you know, you got he's not bullshitting when he says that, like you got Trey Sermon, you got Raheem Moster, Elijah Mitchell, who they just drafted. 
uh, Jamichael Hasty, who looked decent last year, nothing spectacular, but he looked decent. So I mean, he there there's a chance that he could show up during training camp. And then you got Wayne Gallman, who they picked up from the Giants, who stepped in for Saquon Barkley, and I thought looked really respectable. Like I really like the way he runs and the way he plays. So when he says that you've got a whole backfield of guys who can make the roster, he's not he's not bullshit. So it really just depends. Now I, I saw that uh, I didn't see this mentioned. Just in my own little, you know, world, but I saw that Kyle Madsen over at Niners Wire, over at Candlestick Chronicles, um, make sure you're tuning into his stuff. Great mentioned that, that did did Raheem have? Did somebody say Raheem had kind of a, like a knee issue? So he did say all Shanahan that I remember, I, I and he very well could have. Um, he said that he was gonna, they were going to take it light on him. So right, he did, that's what he I did. heard talk about something after that if he might have i don't remember that though so i, I don't want to say he did but i don't want to say he didn't Which right doesn't and, help you at all and hopefully that's you know i the the one thing i don't want to see it wasn't the issue just look it up right the one thing i don't want to see him deal with it, to any major extent like little things happen all the time in training camp i'm not worried about that i just don't want to see Raheem Mostert's another year derailed by injury for that guy who, because I'm telling you, he was, I think he was one of my bold predictions is like, if he has a healthy 16 games, he's blowing up. Like you're talking about a guy who's probably 1500 scrimmage yards, like, you know, like close to a thousand on the ground, you know, 500 through the air. And that's, that doesn't even seem like bold. To light, me. Yeah. Like that's so, going to happen if he's on the field. Right. Right, and so he's a huge part of the offense, and and the 49ers always do a good job of making things sexy in the backfield. Like they always have options, and it it, it really and that this is we're talking about this a, a backfield that's missing Jeff Wilson Jr., who's another running back that we're high on, who could also easily make this roster or any roster in the NFL. So they have options. They've always done a good job, at least for a while, of keeping it that way, and. But I still just want to see Raheem be the guy and, and stay healthy and break off 70-plus-yard runs like it's nothing. So, But again, like Kyle Shanahan said, I do think that they got a lot of good problems in the backfield. And Trey, Lan- Trey Sermon, not Trey Lance, that's going to get me more than once. Um, <laughs> him getting a bigger opportunity to show what he can do is not a problem. It's not a bad thing. I just don't want it to, to come at the expense of, of a Raheem Mostert injury. Now, just Trey Sermon straight up beats him out for the job. That's just how it is. That's how it works. But you don't necessarily, I don't want it to be because Raheem gets hurt. You know, that you, I want to see that guy do his thing um, along with Trey Sermon. Right. Um, there are, there were a few other injuries. So, uh, Jaquaski Tart and Manuel Mosley both on the COVID 19 reserve list. Hopefully they now, don't miss a week or so. Go ahead. When, just to air my ignorance out in public, if they go to the reserve COVID-19 list, does that always have to do with COVID-19? Or can it also be because they have an injury that they have to take care of? That is a great question. I don't know how that, if that has changed, um, if that has changed this year or not, but I'm pretty sure it has to be some, you have to be, it has to be related to whether you weren't in direct or you were in direct contact with somebody who has it right. or you have it, but okay. I believe it, it is somewhat related to uh it is related to that it just confuses me the way they call it like reserve slash COVID 19 you know so i'm like i'm like okay is this an almost like an injured reserve and it's also for COVID 19 people i'm sure the answer is very simple i just have allowed myself to kind of make it confusing right i mean common sense would say yes but the nfl does not operate in common sense (laughs) so uh who knows there man but uh yeah tart and Juwan Jennings as well, who is another guy who you know has a chance to make the roster. I don't think he can afford to miss too much time. So Mosley, Tart, Jennings, they're on the reserve COVID list. In Tart's absence, Tavon Wilson slides in, and he was taking first-team reps, according to ESPN's Nick Wagner. And then with Mosley, that means Tim Harris, surprise, surprise, got the bulk of the first-team reps. Um, that is something... Uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> concerning that is, I don't know if that's what you wanted and of course Harris could be a baller he could end up being you know very very good uh, based on the practice last year that was not the case nope um, and that was that's going back even to 2019 
So you want him to do well, obviously, but cornerback might be a sneaky concern. And of course, Mosley could be back and this would not be a worry at all. So, you know, you have Mosley and Verrett out there. Um, I remember the Giants just went through this just because it's fresh in my mind. They had a guy, uh, Kurt Darius Tony, their first rounder. He missed, he was placed on the reserve COVID list on July 22, and he was activated on Tuesday, so July 27. So he missed five days, which is what probably like three or four practices in 49ers land. So uh, they, if they are cleared, that is, they shouldn't miss too much time. So uh, let's hope that is the case. So the NFL the rule if they are tested if they test positive and they're vaccinated they need to be asymptomatic and post negative results 24 hours apart if they're not vaccinated they have to be out at least 10 days so you know if they're not vaccinated i imagine we'll have we'll find out um if they are or aren't right yeah and i know that john lynch said in his press conference that the team was over 90 percent when it comes to vaccinations. so that's a good thing um, and I don't really think we've talked about it. You don't really have to. I mean, it's not, a, I mean, it is a huge deal, but the NFL has already come out and said that if you have a COVID breakout among unvaccinated players that affects a game, they're not going to postpone it. They're going to cancel it and you are going to forfeit and it's going to be a loss for playoff seating. And so it's a big deal. You know, I, I'm not somebody that's going to say like, you know, like you, sh- if, if you're, if you're not going to get, or if you're going to get vaccinated, you shouldn't do it because you want to win football games. You should do it because you want to take care of everybody and you want to, you know, I'm not going to talk about that, but the NFL's done its best to incentivize everybody to do it and put a lot of pressure on any player that was on the fence. I mean, we already saw Deandre freaking Hopkins <laughs> come out and say like, I've never thought that I'd have to choose like me versus my NFL career type of deal. You know, I, I'm assuming that meant that he didn't necessarily wasn't a big fan of the vaccine. So Jalen Ramsey NFL- said that Cole Beasley has, <laughs> has made a habit out of saying things like that. Yeah. I mean, the NFL is a business and to protect yep, their business, they have to ensure that there's product on the field by that. They know because of what we saw last year, uh, get vaccinated. So there's a less likely chance that you catch it. That's what they're doing. And any smart business would do this because we're seeing businesses all over the country do this. I don't know why it's know. such a surprise that the NFL is taking this route. No, not at all. Not at all. But the 49ers seem like they're they're on the right side of things. They're over 90%. I think there's a couple teams that are 100%. I don't know which teams they are. But at the very least, you know, the 49ers being over 90 is good. That's a good thing. Um, I know Matt Mayoko right out the gate of NBC Sports Baria brought up a great point. If a roster battle is coming down to the wire and there are two players that are truly neck and neck that one's vaccinated and one's not, you can take a pretty good guess at which one the, the, the team's going to go with. So um, it, it means a lot more than just the health aspects of it. You know, there's going to be legitimate roster decisions being made surrounding the, whether or not somebody's been vaccinated. So that's that's going to be something worth watching uh, when these players pop up on this COVID-19 list. You know, it, it, there's going to be a lot. It's going to have a big influence, as it should. We saw what last season was like. The COVID presence, the vaccine presence, all of that is going to have a massive impact on the roster. Whether or not we kind of see it play out in public, you know, these might be things, these are, I mean, especially what I was just talking about, these are probably things that are going to be kind of left behind closed doors, but um, it's going to have huge impacts throughout the year, throughout the whole thing. And nobody, no team wants to be put in a position where they're literally not playing on Sunday and forfeiting the game. Like that is a PR nightmare. So if they, if they, if we get there, easy for me to say, geez, I was saying like 17 things at once. If (laughs) we get there and there is a forfeit, you know, so let's say something happens to the Lions week one. That's who the 49ers play. Um, if there's a forfeit, the players on both sides don't get paid. So there will be pitchforks, I imagine, if that happens. <laughs> right. Hey, you know what's funny? I just read this on Twitter. And I'm assuming this is reputable. If it's on the internet, it's true. Yeah. So take this with a grain of salt because it just seems so funny that it can't be true. But I think it is. I think it is. I'm just kind of scrolling through, but I haven't seen it said by anybody else. 
But it said the Giants have cut tight end Kelvin Benjamin. <laughs> Video? Did you see this? It's oh, this is from this morning. Okay, how did they not see this? Is this real? Um, so he was cut. I don't know what the the real uh, story is, but he was cut. Yes. Okay, I missed that, but that doesn't surprise me at all. But this guy tweeted again, not a report, just reading something I'm seeing on the internet. Video surveillance footage showed Benjamin had been stealing food from the facility to take home. Benjamin was told by Gettleman and Judge before storming off and leaving camp. Like, that's funny as hell. If that's so, not man. real, it's hell of funny. Like, so I, I guess he did get cut, and he cussed the coach out, but I don't, I don't think it was stealing food. Right. I, that's hell of funny. That's hell of funny. Um, so one, going back, one thing I want to go back with, cause before we started talking about how the vaccine is going to have this impact, I mean, even if Emmanuel Mosley gets off the reserve COVID-19 less relatively quickly, you're talking about a cornerback group that is like, if one person gets hurt, Tim Harris is in the lineup. Gulp. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, and, and I've kind of been, we've been saying this for a while. Uh, you know, back during the draft, me and Crocker were kind of kind of almost had it penciled in that they were going to go cornerback early. And they did. They went Amber Thomas in the third. But, I, you know, I don't know. I'm assuming they've got him pegged as an as a perimeter corner. But he's he's also somebody that could be decent on the interior. We uh, we don't know what we're going to see from Demo. And it's like. It, it's a it's a it's a rough slope there you know we're talking a lot about the offense and and the defense obviously has so much going for it the defensive line is going to be insane especially if d ford gets to play anything close to like half the snaps like that would be a huge boost nick bose is coming back they got a lot of you know obviously the linebacker group set with with the newly signed fred warner but the one kind of achilles heel of the whole group could be the corners yeah and so during the draft after the draft, Jomin said they had planned on taking, or they had hoped that Paulson Adebo from Stanford, of course, uh, was available before they traded down in the third round. But just looking at the second round, um, before they traded down for Aaron Banks, it was Kelvin Joseph out of Kentucky, who's now with Dallas, who went 44 overall. But after that, it was Asante Samuel Jr., who a lot of people wanted at 47. And then there was like a gap on corners, and the next cornerback wasn't selected until pick 74. So that's pretty unheard of. So maybe uh, the 49ers just rolled the dice and, uh, you know, they're they're essentially they're betting on their defensive line. But I, I wonder if, you know, we're going to look back and say maybe they should have taken a corner and we'll use hindsight, of course. But based on how the draft played out, a lot of NFL teams didn't want those, you know, day two cornerbacks. So uh, the 49ers weren't alone in that. Yeah. Yeah, it could get interesting. Obviously, you hope that the the the, all, the consistent hope throughout the you know one hundred percent of the NFL is that players just stay healthy and we don't have to worry about it. But That's things could get a little life. dicey. Things could get a little dicey at at corner. I'm trying to look through my notes, see if there's anything we haven't haven't mentioned. Um, I mean, Kyle Shanahan kind of already said talked about the Matthew Stafford thing. He said that they knew he was available. They were looking into the film. It was clear they kind of thought they had more time to talk it over and make an offer. Um, but Kyle Shanahan basically woke up and he was traded to the Rams and he was annoyed. So <laughs> um, never made an offer, but obviously something they were looking to. He also mentioned that they were looking into the entire scenario of Deshaun Watson, um, which is cool. You know, <laughs> obviously, I'm assuming any team that's not completely set at quarterback, which is. A lot of teams. Yeah. I mean, if you think about the amount of teams that are well and truly set at quarterback, there's not that many. And I mean, it's not even the Packers fall into that anymore. So, um, you know, that's interesting. Chandler Jones wants out of the Cardinals. That's kind of a big deal, right? Mitch Wisnowski, Josh (laughs) Hokit, and a comp pick for Chandler Jones. Who says no? Why not, man? I mean, that's a fourth-round punter right there. How about this? Since we're just off-the-wall hypotheticals, would you rather Chandler Jones or Xavier Howard? Uh, whoo, That's tough. I mean, somewhere. yeah, that's tough. That's tough. I would probably always lean pass rusher. I mean, I mean if Howard's you have – 28, 
if that matters. It does. Chandler, Chandler Jones like 31, right? 31, yeah. So that's yeah, another contract. So, I mean, they're, so they're both kind of on the the back half, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think I'd probably go Chandler Jones because he's John Jones' brother. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and if John you've Jones. got Nick, Nick Bosa and Chandler Jones rushing the quarterback, there's going to be a lot of problems. So – I'll always kind of if if it, if it was fifty fifty like kind of how it was just then. I mean, I'd be both of them would be awesome, and there's zero chance that Chandler Jones would ever make his way to the 49ers within right. NFC West. Right. But um, I would always just lean the pass rusher because of kind of like the domino effect of of a defense. But I think I I think I disagree with you, and I'm going to go Xavier Howard just because of team need, and that's oh, dumb because Chandler Jones is like one of the best players on defense in the NFL. But Xavier Howard was probably CB one, two, or three last year. And yeah, and if, if you were going off off me, rush. then one hundred percent it would be corner because the 49ers seem like they're they're kind of set at pass rush between Samson Ebukam, what we get from D Ford, Nick Bosa. But at the same time, like that shit changes so quickly. Fun story about uh, speaking of John Jones, I went to college with him freshman year, and we used to eat lunch together. And he was nothing like he is today. Like he was a shy introvert, um, would like look down while he's eating that type of guy. So to see him act the way he does today, like, whoa. He's like, whoa. I'm going to look down while I eat because I'm shy, but I can murder you at any moment. <laughs> right, right. Like it was, yeah, he was just a freshman wrestler. And obviously he was very good, but uh, people change, man. That is funny. Yeah, man. John Jones has been a pretty like I've I tried like, I wanted to like him so much and I still do. And obviously he's an insane talent. Insane. Unreal. Could could instantly step in the on the NFL and make a roster. Like he's just he's just like that. Whether it's a as a defensive uh, an outside linebacker or a wide receiver or a tight end, I think John Jones could probably do whatever the hell he wanted. He's just that freaky. Crazy. Um but you know, he's just like he's like his own worst enemy. Like he's you can't. You can only say that with so much credence because obviously he's propelled himself to be like one of the best fighters to ever do it. But at the same time, the dude is constantly in the headlines for all the wrong reasons, and uh, yes. it's it's a weird like it's a weird dichotomy. Like it's like there's such stark contrast. You're like, hey, he's like the best in the world, but he's also kind of an idiot, and it's like whatever. But um, John just a freak. And if you look at Chandler Jones standing there in pads, he's just as much of a freak. Like. Right. He looks like Alden Smith. Chandler Jones reminds me of Alden Smith. Like his arms are just insanely long. They like hang down like past his thigh pads (laughs) or not. Well, even with his thigh pads past his hip pads, but anything else we haven't talked about or anything else that happened on the first day of training camp that we must discuss, man, I think we, we tackled it all. Just looking at, uh, some of the, some of the other headlines, um, you don't you have a hot take uh, for a certain receiver you want to get off or should we save that? Well, hot take what for Brandon Ayuk? Number 11, yeah. Yeah, so Brandon Ayuk, I just, I mean, I have huge expectations for that guy. And maybe they're, you know, maybe they're too lofty. Maybe they're too big. Maybe they're too, you know, too bold, I guess. But I just, I see a lot in him. And and one of the things I absolutely hate, and I'm about to break my own rule right now, hate it, is when players get compared to like their absolute best at their own position. Where it was like, Mac Jones reminds me of Tom Brady. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, do you really? Like, this guy reminds me of Sol- Solomon Thomas reminds me of Aaron Donald. Like, stop. Okay. But that being said, again, I said I was going to break my own rule. I've been watching Devontae Adams play receiver a long dun, time. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, I've been watching him play receiver for a long time, going all the way back to Fresno State. And, you know, in person, and he always just had a, a way he moved about him. You always, he always just looked natural in everything he did. Nothing ever looked forced. Nothing ever looked difficult. And he's just basically multiplied with that ability. Now he does insanely difficult things and makes them look easy. And, you know, in college he was making difficult things look easy. And now he's making insane stuff look difficulty, look difficult to the point where he's, you know, if you said he was the best receiver in the NFL, I don't think you really get that much flack. Like he's just that good. And I see the same things in Brandon Ayuk and the fact that he makes difficult catches, difficult movements, difficult maneuvers with his body look easy. And that's not a trait that you can really like develop. I mean, maybe it is to the extent if you were to really like pursue some really weird uh, like 
Like it's it means, not. you know, <laughs> it's not really a trait you develop. Yeah, and you're blessed with that. Yeah. And you see it, the same thing in like DeAndre Hopkins. Like they just do really weird shit. And you're just like, damn, that's a pro football player. And and I see the same thing in Brandon Ayuk. And he's just in a prime position where if, if he wants to, he could establish himself as one of the premier. I say if he wants to, of course he wants to. But you have to put in an insane amount of work. You have to really like dedicate your life to that to get that good. And things have to go your way on the field. You know, right. Jimmy Garoppolo has to play well. Um, or Trey Lance steps in and has to play well. They have to give him an opportunity too. Correct. Yeah. He he needs to get the opportunity, as me and Crocker used to say, to get to do wide receiver things. Like don't throw him a screen, throw the ball downfield to this man. You know, and I I, I could easily see him getting up in the neighborhood of fourteen hundred yards. I mean, if everything goes his way and we're talking like in the neighborhood of 10 touchdowns and I mean, as a rookie who played like 11 and change games, he was already getting, I think he was at 750 and five touchdowns. Yeah. So if he plays 16, 17 now, he did not he have plays, Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance throwing the ball. Also true. And which is a bigger factor than the amount of games he played right. or his experience. Like the quarterback is almost, is almost everything. That's why Devonte Adams it's not everything, but it's a huge factor. That's why Devontae Adams is so good, because he's had Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. Doesn't hurt. Um, so Justin Jefferson, rookie receiver from the Vikings last year, had a hundred or sorry, had fourteen hundred yards on the nose. Uh, looking at his box scores, he had five games where he was actually sub fifty receiving yards, but he had seven games where he was over a hundred yards and one seventy five. 166, 135, 133. So he's not like just on the cusp of 100. He's he's well over 100. So um, is he's going to have to surpass 100 yards quite a few times to reach that. Do you, do you think in the 49ers offense, the way it's constructed, do you, do you see that happening? You know, I want to say no, because it's just, you know, the 49ers love to run the football. But at the same time, Outside of George Kittle, I feel like Brandon Ayuk is far and away the next big play threat. I love Debo Samuel, but I, Brandon Ayuk's got some different sauce. Yeah, he's really he's just a special player, and it's to me it just it, it feels like to me like I know it when I see it. It's an eye test thing. Like I'm I don't know what's going on in Brandon Ayuk's personal life. I don't know him personally. I don't know if he has like the the drive you need to become this amazing receiver, but. I know that freaky talent when I see it, and Brandon Ayuk's got it. It's just a few things have to go his way. Quarterback play has to be good. They got to want to throw the ball, and he's got to stay healthy. So, but if he does all those things, I think Brandon Ayuk is better than Justin Jefferson. If if you if you gave me a a choice between the two, I mean, I don't think there's like some big disparity. I would take Brandon Ayuk. I would. Um, and I feel like if you took Brandon Ayuk and put him in Justin Jefferson's situation last season, he would have had the exact like they would have both done the same thing. Um, Twenty five targets don't hurt, right? It's just a matter of 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 the offense he was in. And Kirk Cousins, as many contrary to many what many people believe, can sling the football like yeah, he can. He's a good quarterback. Right he can throw the damn football, and so um, yeah. I, and I feel like if if the offense even takes a couple just a couple steps in that direction to give Brandon Ayuk. We saw Kyle Shanahan's running backs go off in 2016 with the Falcons. And Julio Jones was still getting his. True. You know, and Brandon Ayuk is not Julio Jones. But I, I, I'm just – I think he could earn that same type of share within the offense. This is probably my best way of saying it. So, yeah, I, I'm very, very high on Brandon Ayuk. I think he's got big things uh, in store. I'm very high on the player. Much higher on him now than I was coming out of the draft. I just didn't give him uh, enough time as I probably should have. Him um, jumping over humans sold you, huh? Right. Just, yeah, just doing stupid things. So, yeah, in terms of my uh, my bold prediction for Brandon Ayuk, I would probably say he he inserts himself into like the top 10, maybe top 10 wide receiver conversation. If, if he has that type of year, then that's what it would mean, right? Like if somebody has that type of year, then they're like top 15 to top 10, I would assume. If, if um, he does have that type of year – we're going to get into extension talk real quick. Yeah, you don't <clears throat> don't give him a chance to do it twice. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. 
Um, so yeah, hopefully that wasn't just a ridiculous rant. I, I, I like no, to I think I'm it. usually a pretty level-headed guy, but um, I just, I'm really impressed with Brandon Ayuk and I think he's going to do, do big things as long as he's given the opportunity to do the wide receiver things. I mean, just based on the few clips we saw, he's making plays down the field. He's making plays with people all over him, uh, just winning at multiple levels, intermediate, deep. That's what it takes to be a superstar. You can't just be this underneath route runner. Um, and also, he's a good route runner, speaking of. So uh, it, that's what training camp's for. It's to get excited about these things, to get excited about the players, excited about the plays that you see, everything football. So, yeah, I love There's nothing wrong with that at all. Okay, good. good. Sometimes I get a little ahead of myself. but <laughs> All right, well, I mean, other than, than the last-minute edition of my Brandon Ayuk bold take, are we good? Do you think you, we got everything covered? We're good. When we're back next week, we'll gas somebody up, baby. Yeah, I think somebody next week different. maybe we'll, uh, as long as your schedule permits, maybe next week we'll take that step into getting back maybe like two a week uh, just because we'll have more to talk about, right? Like we yeah, actually have substance, a lot. substance now, you know, like substance. But uh, So we're recording this on a Wednesday night. They practice Thursday, Friday, Saturday, take Sunday off, and then they'll practice Monday, Wednesday – or sorry, Monday, Wednesday – Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then take Thursday off, and then practice again Friday, Saturday. So they're practicing a lot in a, in a week and a half or so. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what your situation is going to be in Santa Clara, but as long as we can get on here and record, um, maybe we'll do something like a Monday, Wednesday to recap the – when do you go to uh, – when are you heading to Santa Clara? So I'm, I'm flying out Friday night on a touchdown in time for practice on Saturday. So I'll be able to uh, to see the practices uh, Saturday. And then they put on the pads Monday, which is when real football starts. Right. Okay. Well, we'll work it out. I think I think we'll have enough to talk about where we can probably – and I want I just want to continue getting your thoughts while you're there. So right. if that means two, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll make sure – it probably won't just be one. That's what I'm saying is there's, there's going to be enough to talk about to where I would be remiss if we didn't hop on here a, a couple of times. But all right, dude. Any last, any uh, closing uh, thoughts before we roll out? Can't wait to see real football in person, man. Yeah, dude. It's been a long time coming. It's been a long time coming. But anyways, all right. Appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with Striking Gold. Uh, thank you for sticking with the Blue Wire Network. We appreciate it. It's been a fun ride, and it's only going to get more fun. Um, this is going to be KP and my first season as, uh, as the new Striking Gold duo. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. And like I said, to me, the football season starts in training camp. So now we're we're getting we're getting started. So I'm excited about it. But hey, again, appreciate you. Thank you very much for listening. Make sure you're following KP on Twitter at KP underscore show. Um, especially now that we have things to talk about. Uh, at Rob underscore louder, that's me. Uh, rate the channel, subscribe to the channel, download the episodes, all that good stuff to help support us. Leave the reviews that you feel are necessary. Appreciate y'all. Thank you very much. But for another episode, this is Striking Gold, and we are signing out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.